With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, we give you our NFL street teams. Yeah, a little seven-on-seven action for you. We're also going to talk NBA free agency. Yes, you know you're here for it. Our guy Allen Robinson, wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, budding NBA analyst, going to join us. We're going to give you your draft on draft questions, talk news and notes. Mello's here, Connor's here, and we are all right now just distracted by following Woj on Twitter to see what's going to happen in free agency. It's been very exciting, especially today. We're recording this Sunday evening. The news that Kevin Durant is going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. It's a great time for NBA and all the drama. Not a great time for the Knicks fans. <laughs> yeah, for real. I know this feeling all too well, but honestly, I can't even say I'm the slightest bit surprised. I'm a little surprised that he's going to Brooklyn. I thought he would just go back to Golden State or I don't know. But I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Good for the Nets. Obviously, a pretty a huge haul for them getting him and Kyrie. And I'm always amazed just sitting here watching Woj like fire off. 90 perfectly worded detailed contract tweets with all the movement going on here at stick to basketball i know that i was watching some (laughs) coverage today and one of the guys i don't even remember who it was i was really i didn't listen to him after he said this but he said that all the newspapers are in new york city and that's where the people get the coverage what so there you go that's why yeah all the media outlets all the newspapers all the magazines are there in new york city hence that's why you want to go to brooklyn Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, <laughs> all right. I'm yeah. dumbfounded. All right. Connor, you are a Knicks fan, though. I and I, I will say this: Melo and I do a weekly, a local radio show here in Joplin, and, and we cover mostly basketball and baseball on that. And I had said, like, you know, if KD goes to the Nets, uh, it's gonna be hard for me not to be a fan of them, just because, you know, as a Texas guy. What is this like as a Knicks fan? It, like, which NFL fan base would you compare this to? Where you're like, every offseason, you're like, oh my god, it's finally gonna happen, and then it doesn't happen. Oh, it's easily the the Browns of old. I mean, I've been a Knicks fan, so I, I guess you could say as as long as I can remember. I didn't really care until I was like fourteen, so like two thousand five ish, right around there. And then there's been a, I mean, there's been like fourteen awful seasons pretty much since then. But you get so used to like the well, when this guy's a free agent, he's coming or like all of that. Eventually, you just I don't know. Maybe people don't agree or don't feel like this, but. I don't expect anything like I literally don't expect anything. And I think the way I relate it to the Browns is the Browns each year had top draft picks where it's like, well, they'll get it right this time. Like they'll get this guy this time. And they somehow just kept missing over and over again. And with the Knicks, it's it just comes down to, I mean, nobody respects the ownership there is what it comes down to. And they'll, it'll never change until that changes, in my personal opinion. So it sucks. I mean, it's super disappointing unless they find a way to build through the draft and develop players. They're just always going to be bad and they can't just sit here clearing salary cap to get good players because it's clear that established players have zero interest in going there. James Dolan or Jimmy Haslam? 
worst owner. <laughs> I think I mean, Dolan. To flip I a think coin. Dolan. Yeah, Dolan's probably worse. <laughs> so I, here's the thing that I, I, I don't, I, that I'm thankful for. I'm a huge Rangers fan, and Dolan just completely stays out of their operations. Thank God. So, like, as long as the Knicks are relevant in terms of, I mean, they're horrible basketball team, but relevant in terms of just the landscape, it's nice that it keeps him away from my hockey team that I care way more about. Yeah, I think the Knicks must have like sold their soul to get Patrick Ewing. And the NBA just said, I mean, like, for great. the next 30 years, you can't be good. You get Patrick Ewing, and then they got lucky with some guys like Marcus Camby in the late 90s, early 2000s. But then after that, I mean, they've just been dog shit. I mean, no, it's a conspiracy. The NBA rigged it so that they could get Ewing. Everyone knows this, man. Yep. I mean, it, it worked out, I guess. I mean, you look at the Royals, and I know we're hitting every sport here tonight, but they sold, like, their whole farm system to win a World Series. I don't hate it. No, it was good. worth it. I mean, we won a World Series. We didn't just get bounced from the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, exactly. <laughs> <you're hearing. laughs> yeah, no Michael Jordan in our way. Okay, let's talk some football. Unless I mean, you guys want to do P.K. Subban to the Devils? Because I'm still upset about it. I don't we know could, who that we is. We could go still if you guys need to. Uh, let's do talk some football. Uh, the supplemental draft will be coming up soon, and I apologize. I, I had the date written down, and now it's not in front of me anymore. Um, it's usually in July, so it should be pretty soon. And there are four players who have been deemed eligible for the supplemental draft. So if you guys aren't familiar with it, you have to uh, ask for permission from the NFL to enter the supplemental draft. Usually it's from a guy, uh, a college player, for whatever reason you lose your eligibility between the January 15th regular draft deadline and now. So it could be like bad grades or sometimes guys get in trouble off the field and they lose their scholarship. So most of the time, though. It's an eligibility issue. Sam Beal was a third-round pick in last year's supplemental draft, which was a pretty big deal. Any team that drafts you, they forfeit their that pick. So Sam Beal was a third-round pick. That's why the Giants didn't have a 2019 third-round pick. So four names. The, the biggest one, and the one that we really want you guys to know about, is Jalen Thompson, a safety from Washington State. Incredibly versatile. I mean, I've seen him play corner safety. Um, six foot, 190 pounds. Really productive. And I know our guy Jim Nagy was like bummed on Twitter about this because he was excited for Thompson to maybe be a senior bowl guy. But he loses his eligibility. Um, I, I haven't heard why he applied to, to enter the supplemental draft and he was granted eligibility. And I haven't either. And he's not a guy that I've really had the chance to dive into yet because I thought I had a whole year to look at him. So I am going to have to sit down sometime this week probably and really look at him. But I had out heard a lot of good things. You talk about Jim Nagy. I know that he was one of the guys for the Senior Bowl that they had kind of posted about and talked about. So it, it sucks that he loses his his last year of eligibility because, I mean, obviously he made that decision that he wanted to come back, and it was for an NCAA rules violation. But, I mean, who knows what that is. He might have got a sandwich from McDonald's when he wasn't supposed to. So hard to tell. I think I think Washington State takes the worst end of this. I mean, this is a player that was projected into a starting role as, you know, one of the reliable guys on the back end of that defense as a strong safety. So it's interesting because I do think out of this list that we have here, he's the guy that will be drafted. I don't think he'll be taken as high as what we saw last year with Beal in a third round. But I mean, Matt, you could you could jump in and disagree with me, but I think he's right in that fifth to seventh round range where a team is comfortable using a pick on him. Now, it's interesting. A lot of teams do have decent safety depth. It's one of those things across the league that is, you know, teams aren't starving for. But I think he's talented enough. He was on enough watch lists 
coming into this season as a legitimate draft prospect anywhere from rounds four to seven, where you talk about the supplemental, he should hear his name and, and find a home pretty quickly. I think so. I think he'll be that day three. And it's it's different because it's like just a conference call, or it used to be. It might all be on the internet now where you just put a bid in on a player. And so, like, say I'm the Niners, Mills, the Chiefs, Connors, the Jets. We all put a bid in on, on round seven. Connor gets the player because he would have the, the lower – uh, the order, well, yeah, the order, and now it's actually a lottery system, so it's not like it used to be, just based on wins and losses. So it is kind of confusing. I think Thompson does get picked up. An- another guy who has a chance, Marcus Sims, wide receiver from West Virginia. Who man, now West Virginia has lost anyone basically who caught a pass last year. Marcus Sims is gone. Uh, he filed the paperwork. Six foot, one hundred ninety-five pounds, so good size. He had eighty-seven catches in the last three years, eight touchdowns, but he's also a return man which is really important for his stock because I don't think teams are going to look at him and think he can be an immediate contributor as a receiver. But as a return man, I could see Sims having an impact. But remember, I mean, he was stuck behind David Sills, Gary Jennings. He had Trevon Wesco catching 40-some balls. So he was really like the fourth option in this offense. I think he could be a candidate to be selected. It's going to be late just because of the depth at receiver. But he is very athletic. Like you said, he can be a return man. So maybe a team does take a flyer on him and try to get him into training camp this year. He might might not produce for you in the 2019 season, uh, which sucks. But, I mean, look at Sam Beal. I think the Giants are probably pretty happy with what he's going to provide next year. I mean, it's just it's so hard to come in at the end of summer and be ready for the NFL, especially at a position like the receiver position. Without a doubt. There's just so much to take in. I mean, that's why these rookies have, whether it's more OTAs, they have to be there. They're absorbing the playbook. They're getting into NFL shape, which is much different than your typical college summer kind of shape. So it's a lot to ask. And I think it was unfortunate that we saw Beal go down with an injury so quickly last year. I think you don't want to rush these guys along. It's rare to look at the supplemental draft and say, hey, we're getting an impact player year one right away here. I mean, the Josh Gordons don't come around every year in the supplemental draft. No, they really don't. And two guys who uh, I would call them long shots to be drafted. Both, uh, it's an academic issue. Shaheem Colon, a linebacker from Syracuse, a little bit undersized, six foot two twenty five. Um, I, I think he had like forty forty tackles, forty three tackles last year. But uh, he was suspended for the spring semester due to academic standing, and it was just he never got caught up. And then Devin Eric Clarington from Northland Community College represent uh, someone that Mello pointed out. We remember this guy being recruited to Texas. Yeah, it, a couple years ago, he was a member of the Florida Five that was supposed to come into Texas and bring us back to what we are now, thanks to Sam Ellinger. But he's a guy, another one that just could never become eligible. And I actually use him as an example almost every year that I've coached football because all these kids always think like I'm going to go D one. Like, they're going to take care of me once I get to school. <laughs> no, the fuck they won't. You have <laughs> <No>. to qualify <laughs> to get into that school, or you're going to find yourself at Northland Community College and in the supplemental draft. So these are the guys that always interest me the most because do they have academic problems or do they have just general off-the-field concerns where they can't you know, keep their head screwed on straight? But you look at Clarington, you're talking about former U.S. Army All-American, and I believe he was a four-star when yeah. Texas... You yeah, know, he that's was like, like the number eight tight end in the nation. They, we, I exa- was very exactly. excited for him. Exactly. So, I mean, dominant at the high school level. These are the players that always interest me the most because... Teams will rarely, you know, throw in a pick on them, but they'll get into camp and have a chance to really solely focus on football. And and it's truly their last chance. So Clarington, 
you know, a community college player. But at the end of the day, the talent has always been there for the last couple of years. Yeah, it really has been. And and I would say he's a guy probably not going to get picked maybe as a seventh rounder, but someone that should get a camp call. And, I, and I'll be excited to see if he can develop because he is more of a stash type player for me. And, and we'll see where he gets. Um, Melo and I last weekend took a little boys weekend. We went we're not golfing, and anyone who knows me knows I'm incredibly competitive, and I expect to be good at everything, regard- even though like golf, you know, a, a sport where you really have to do it a lot to get good, and there's a lot of consistency. Uh, I, that's not me. I golf like twice a year, but I get heated, like f- pissed if I don't play like Tiger Woods when I'm out there, and I'm just happy to see that our guy Tom Brady is the same way. Did you see the video of Brady? And he's lining up this perfect shot. He looks much better than me doing it. Uh, And and he's a little off, slices a little bit, and just lets loose and then remembers his son is sitting in the golf cart. Looks like he drops a son of a bitch. Everybody who has hit a ball off a tee, I'll guarantee you've said that before. Because not every shot is perfect. There's been some learning curve. Even if you are like our guy Dalton Miller, who just drives the ball all day long. I think he's a professional golfer at this point. He plays every day. Yeah. Man, when you look at why were his kids with him? <laughs> yeah, that's a good like, question. You guys don't ever bring your kids when you go golfing, right? No, nope. ours are still so young, though. Like, yeah, I that's mean, true. My oldest is six. I I will though. I'll tell you that as soon as they show any interest, I'll get their little asses out there on the golf course. I got to find a sport oh, that they're interested in. I didn't know if they were playing or not. I thought they were just like riding around with him. In the car. Either if way, playing, like, that's there's different. no way I trust Emmett to drive a golf cart. Oh, heck no. That's no. a good point. There's no <laughs> way. I mean, he's reckless as hell. There's no way. But, it, I mean, props to Brady, who does seem like a really good dad, by the way. And oh, totally. With Brady, I even tweeted this out, and a lot of people got it in the mentions, but I think it's very hard to not like him. He seems just like such a real dude like a a true genuine guy that even he'll tweet out like his golf mishaps when he's a six-time Super Bowl winner and like the most perfect man in the world but we can still laugh at his bad golf shot that was actually probably like one of my best golf shots ever (laughs) yeah the Brady love will stay on the Missouri side of the table I I think on this podcast yeah fair enough I'll I'll bow out of this one see ya (laughs) let's take a break we come back we're gonna give you our NFL street teams you got just true seven on seven so you guys be thinking of who you want on your squad we'll let you know who we have on ours if you have the br app you saw a couple days ago julian edelman dropped by did an ama and our guy connor right here put a question in there that i thought was amazing he said if you could have an nfl street team who would your squad be and i don't think he answered it because it was there was a million questions but it was such a good question we decided to give you our squads so uh, the way we broke this down you get a quarterback running back wide receiver Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back. So you got one at every position, and it, it was – I don't know if we intended it for it to be this way, but I opened the dock today because I was in the pool with my kids, and I was like, oh, you guys have already picked your teams. So I just didn't want to pick any of the players you'd already taken. So um, yeah. congratulations. And with these, it's it's tough to do draft style, so we just kind of did our own list here. But there are no repeat offenders here. I, I picked everybody that Connor – you know, guys that he hadn't selected already. Connor, since you uh, got in there first, congratulations. Do you want to just rip through your well, team – since, I mean, I you just made copied the over you my your team. I just copied over my tweet from like a week ago. So my team didn't change from the tweet. That's why I put that in there. And 
the, something to keep in mind here is these guys got to play both ways yep. in NFL Street. I saw a lot of people tweeting at me like, well, I would go with a different quarterback. And I'm like, yeah, but he can't play anything else. So let's go through it. Uh, my first pick here, I had Deshaun Watson because obviously he's an incredible quarterback in Street. It's all about speed. He can run. He could throw the ball down the field. But I also think he's a good enough athlete that he could play safety for me here. So next up, I have Saquon Barkley at running back. You you need pass catching running backs. And I think you guys picked up on that trend real quick because they got to play basically running back wide receiver and also probably corner on the other end, too. So my wide receiver, I went with Odell Beckham. I think you talk about somebody that could do it all. And really, it's all about the spectacular catch in NFL Street. But a downfield target for Watson. Got to go with OBJ. O-line, Quentin Nelson. I mean, I think he can play both ways. Uh, you play him at nose tackle if you want and just be an absolute killer in the middle. And we know how good he is already on the offensive line. And then defensive line, you got to go with the most athletic defensive lineman or de- interior defensive lineman in the league. That's Aaron Donald. I mean, he might be the best player in the NFL right now. Linebacker, Khalil Mack, needs somebody that can get after these fast quarterbacks, that could chase these fast quarterbacks, but can obviously also play uh, linebacker and, you know, hopefully cover the running backs a little bit, stop the run. And finally, my defensive back, got to go with the hometown guy here, Jamal Adams from the Jets. I, I think Adams would play linebacker in NFL Street. I think he we've seen him catch the ball before. So I think when it comes down to it, he could play wide receiver. He could play maybe move tight end for you. And that right there is my street squad. Yeah, it's pretty solid. And I, I think Odell is one of the – he would be one of the first picks if we did an actual oh, draft. Yeah. He would just be so early because he could place corner. You know he could be a shutdown corner. Like maybe exactly. even for real. Athlete. With his footwork, I've seen him play soccer before. He would be an amazing corner. Yeah, like he might be a better corner than he is receiver. Yeah, and he's a damn And he's a really good receiver. <laughs> Mello, your team led by your best friend and favorite player in the NFL. Obviously, I had to go with Pat Mahomes here. And there was strategy behind it, too. I did want a quarterback that could move around a little bit like we all did. But when we talked to Pat Mahomes not too long ago, he told us how he played safety in high school. And some of the schools that he started going to were looking at him as, as a safety. Thanks, so Mac I'm going to take him because I think he can play safety as well. And he's the best quarterback in the world. At running back. I'm going Christian McCaffrey, and I looked up his numbers. I didn't realize this until today. That dude caught over 100 passes last year. That is ridiculous. I I can't wait to see him on the field again this year, and he's a guy that I think can be a two-way player. Like That speed plays somewhere on the field. You can get him on there. At receiver, I went with Julio Jones because he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And on seven on seven, again, you just need a bunch of good athletes. At the offensive line position, I went with Jason Kelsey, because I wanted a guy that could move as well. And he is not as big and burly as some of these other guys. So I think he's going to be able to move around and can probably play defensive line since we got to go both ways here. At defensive line, I went with Chris Jones. I went with a bigger guy because I wanted somebody that could also play on my offensive line. And I know that Chris Jones could probably come through there. He's a great interior lineman. I don't think he's on Aaron Donald's level yet, but I think he's in that probably next tier, and hopefully he gets on the field soon for the Kansas City Chiefs. At linebacker, no duds, Miles Jack. He's probably the most recent best two-way player that we've seen. Not many guys in the NFL today can say that they were actually successful on both sides of the ball in college, and Miles Jack was. He's definitely going to be able to chase down running backs. He might be able to do some gadget plays out of the backfield or get him on some jet sweeps, maybe even play a little tight end. And a defensive back, 
when I think of a defensive back with good hands, that's Jalen Ramsey. And I just, I love that dude. I love his game. I love the personality. He can come out there and talk shit on my team and we'll back it up and we'll win this thing. Yeah, I love that you guys all, like, you both put so much thought into this. And I was late on the dock, I'll admit. I was I was not working this morning. I was chilling. And so I, I had to scramble a little bit. And that was tough. And because once Deshaun Watson's off the board, if you've been listening to the show the last six weeks, you know how much I love Deshaun Watson. Obviously, I love Mahomes. I want Russell Wilson at quarterback because you do have to have an athlete. This guy's going to play both ways. I think Russell Wilson could play a little safety. He might be able to play a little middle linebacker on defense. He's just that athletic. He's got a, he's got a thick frame. He's also, I think one thing that helps me here, the dude is fucking smart. Like I don't know if people realize just how smart Russell Wilson is. His hands are huge, too. So That's, you know he can catch. Yeah, he can catch. Uh, he can run. Great athlete. So Russell Wilson's my quarterback. Like Connor said, you got to have a running back that could catch the ball. I almost went Josh Jacobs here because I thought, oh, he'll play linebacker. But then I realized I'm an idiot. I took Alvin Kamara. And I honestly think I might have stole the best running back for a 7-on-7 seven seven here in Alvin Kamara because you know he's a dog. He could play some defense. Receiver, I went the similar direction that you guys went. Uh, I, I thought about Mike Evans for the size, but DeAndre Hopkins, his leaping ability, his hands are special. I could put him at corner. Offensive line, again, you need an athlete. Lane Johnson actually played tight end at Oklahoma before he grew into a tackle position. So I went with Lane Johnson, figure he can catch the ball a little bit after snapping it. My D lineman, I actually think I cheated here, but I don't care. I picked Vaughn Miller. Because I, I want some speed. I want some athleticism. He he's is, a freak. He's a defensive end. We can argue about this if you guys want. Linebacker, I want Jalen Smith. Uh, someone who, you, once Miles Jack was off the board, Khalil Mack was gone. I was like, well, I'll take someone that I think is athletic enough. He could have been a good running back. Could have been a tight end. And I just love Jalen Smith. So I had to pick him. And then for defensive back, I actually drafted the best safety in the NFL as my DB. I'm taking Whoa, Derwin James. Relax, dude. Derwin James. Relax. Who was first team all pro? <laughs> That's a bunch of bullshit, and everyone knows it. Uh, I just, the Jets I, actually won some games. I just had to poke you. That's all. I, I didn't, like the, the Knicks safety. stuff wasn't bad enough. I do but. hate that, and I saw your tweet, but I do hate how people are like, you can't be the best safety in the league after one year. Yeah, you can. Like We're talking about Derwin James and Jamal Adams. It's not like they've been playing for 10 fucking years. Like, these are yeah. both young guys in the league. They might be the same age. Like, you can be, I was going to say, they're like 23. Three and twenty-two. Yeah, you can be young and be the best safety in the league. That's, right, that's They're not a valid similar. argument. I think Derwin might be a little like more explosive, just in the open. I don't know. Jamal's Jamal's short area burst is special. Yeah, not yeah, that, when not I saw that him Lamar. No, it's yeah. it's true. There, I mean, it, I don't know. It's, it's a like coin flip, one. man. You know, like I think I had them. I had Jamal as like my second overall player that year, and Derwin as a top ten. They were just different at safety. Like safety shouldn't be rated that high, but they were that good. Yeah, no, it, I I agree. Like with Melo said, I tweeted this morning over our guy Matt Bowen. And I was like, "Is Derwin James the best safety in football?" Question mark. Wasn't a statement. It was a question mark. And people are like, every safety in the NFL basically got listed in that thread of like, "No, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. No, it's this guy." Like, okay, well, it, I was just trying to start. A conversation. Clearly, it's still Earl Thomas. It might be. Not after the injury, but I mean, we'll I think he held that title for like eight years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll we'll see how he looks coming back from injury. But who did we miss? Let us know your squad. You can tweet well, them at Everyone's going to say Cam. Everyone's going to say Cam. Oh, yeah. Until he's healthy, ain't happening for me. Yeah, it's... I it, just don't know where I'd play him on defense. Yeah, you'd have to play him like defensive end. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got Cleo I'm good. <laughs> well, okay, I was throwing to break, but you, you got me on a rant now. What about Lamar Jackson? 
I didn't pick him because I don't trust his arm up. Like I don't yeah, trust I him don't to either, throw yeah. well enough. And I think we were maybe we were all skeptical. We'll say that about his. Uh, coming into the draft and whether or not he could play in the NFL. I do think he had a pretty darn good rookie year, at least for what we expected, but I do want to see it in year two. It's not like he came in and lit the league on fire like a Pat Mahomes type guy or even Baker Mayfield. I want to see how well that transitions to year two because when we saw him play was the Chargers, they shut him down in the playoffs. And I want to see if that's a trend that's going to continue or if that was just an elite Chargers defense that day. Yeah, I think what we've seen from the three guys we picked with Russ, Deshaun, and Mahomes is that they've already proven that they can win you a game. I mean, there's been shootouts, and I know it's very obvious with Mahomes and Russ, but even Watson, you look at some of the games he's had over the last two years. I mean, there's times where he goes out there and he throws, you know, he'll he'll combine counting rushing. He'll go for three-plus touchdowns all the time. So it's really about winning the game. We got to see if Lamar can, you know, develop into that kind of guy that can win you the game. All right, those are our teams. Tweet us at Stick to Football. Let us know yours. This is a great opportunity. Leave it as your iTunes review. Uh, five stars, always appreciated. Keeps the bosses happy. And those go right to Connor's email inbox. So say something funny. It might get read on the show. When we come back, Alan Robinson talking NBA free agency and probably some football. Here at Stick to Football, it's tongue-in-cheek. We don't actually stick to football. We want to talk NBA, MLB. I like to talk hockey, even though Melo doesn't. We have Allen Robinson, one of the best receivers in the NFL, but we're going to talk basketball because our guy is a huge NBA fan. So, Allen, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me. So, as you're sitting there today, uh, you're probably just refreshing Woj's tweets, but who is your team? Because you're in Chicago now, so you're a Bulls fan or... Who's your Who's your squad as far as NBA goes? I will say, as of now, I don't really have a team. There's so much transition as far as player-wise in the uh, NBA. You know, it's it's been hard the past ten or so years really to have a team. You know, for somebody to call their own. So, I mean, well, at least for me personally, you know, I grew up a big uh, Detroit Pistons fan. You know, but then after a while, they traded a lot of the guys away and stuff like that. You know, so um, over time, probably once I got to high school, you know, I found myself. Uh, without a team, you know. So right now, um, I'm player based. You know, as a as are a lot of people, uh, Kawhi Leonard is my is is currently my favorite player. Yeah, I'm with you all the way there. I think the dude's the best guy, best player in the NBA, and I don't even think it's close. I know that Kevin Durant made a lot of headlines last night when we were talking about this, but for me, Kawhi Leonard is the dude. Where do you, where do you think he's going to land? I don't know. I hope anywhere but the Lakers. I Same. Mean, <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, with the league kind of getting a little, starting to head back to more of a neutral standpoint, you know, um, I would hate to see him go to the Lakers, you know. Um, and as well just because I feel like, you know, for him as a player, you know, I think he has a lot of stuff still that he can accomplish, you know, on his on his own and kind of write his own story. Um, and, you know, I would love to see his his legacy, you know, kind of stand differently from a lot of other guys. You know, and I think he right now um, has the capability to be one of the few people to be able to do that. So I'm hoping he either stays in Toronto, really, I mean, stay in Toronto or really go anywhere except for the Lakers. Alan, do you ever think we'll see a day where NFL free agency has the same kind of hype as NBA free agency? I mean, I know it's big NFL free agency and, you know, you experienced it. It's possible, but I think the only thing that keeps it from being such a big deal how the NBA is, is the franchise tag. You know, I think in the the, uh, NBA, you know, you see a lot of the premier guys hit free agency, you know, and then um, in the NBA, uh, you know, like I said before, the the, uh, the uh, cream of the crop guys are the ones that are that are hitting free agency. You know what I'm saying? So in the in the in the NFL, you kind of see that sometimes, but it's kind of rare. 
you know, and I think that if that happens in the NFL, then I think you'll definitely start to see the same thing, you know, because that's the thing. I mean, you take a you take a first round guy or something like that, you know, and he's um he he's playing on his rookie contract for a, a potential eight years, you know, depending on how many times they franchise tag him. But the teams do hold that right, you know, to to keep that player, you know, for um for I think it's I think it's eight years because it'd be a fifth year option and then three franchise tags, you know. Yeah. So it'll be tough, you know. I think I think it's some hype on it right now, but as far as the NBA hype, you know, I think I think it'll be tough. Um if they eliminate the franchise tag or somehow that's that's not there, I think you'll definitely see the same thing. Man, you're talking about how you don't want Kawhi to go to the Lakers, and I know we all agree with you so much on that. But what do you think about these super teams? Because we're seeing now like the the Nets are gonna have Durant, Kyrie, and DeAndre Jordan. Like that's that's a pretty great uh three-man front what are you do you like the super teams or do you wish like you saw Kawhi that he would just kind of do his own thing and yeah um you know I think it's I think it's an era of super teams you know so it's kind of um it's kind of inevitable you know for guys teaming up you know but for me personally as long as it's a little balance you know like you got you know you still have a couple guys over there in Golden State once they get healthy you know you got Portland that has a couple guys you have Houston that have a couple guys. Now the Lakers have a couple guys. Nets, you know, uh, Bucks, you know. So as long as it starts to start to kind of go back to a neutral standpoint, you know, then I'll be happy with that. Now you did say you didn't want Kawhi to go to the Lakers. Are you are you a LeBron hater? Because uh, I I like LeBron. I am not. I okay. am I am not. You know, I know that there are a lot of those, and I know that people. Um, whenever you say anything against LeBron or his legacy, you or know, that's kind of what everybody wants to, wants, wants to call you, you know, but, um, so, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not a LeBron hater at all. Alan, I'm a long time tortured Knicks fan. Am I out of hope? I think you are out of hope. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. I respect yeah, that. I definitely do think that you are out of hope. You know, I think for them, this was the year, um, and now seeing, you know, all the circumstances that, that were happening, you know, prior to free agency, it looked like the Knicks, even 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 with the draft, you know, it looked like they were they were in for somebody, you know. So for then to, to see them not get anybody, you know, I don't after this, I, it's, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. They have to draft well. What do you want to see happen? Like I mean, like I said, you don't really have a team. If if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, are you ready to be a Clippers fan? Are you just kind of keeping oh, yeah, it open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, I'll be a Clippers fan. As of, as of now, you know, wherever Kawhi go, I kind of go. So I mean, I still have some you know uh, some of the guys that I like to watch. I like to watch uh, Westbrook. Um, I like to watch. Um, I like to watch Kyrie Irving. You know, so I still have a have a few guys that I like to watch. You know, but 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 as of now, you know, Kawhi is my. Kawhi is my number one favorite player to watch. Yeah, and I'm with you there too. And I kind of would like to see him go to the Clippers just so we have that that LA rivalry with LeBron James most and Anthony Davis. Most definitely. Yeah. Did most you? definitely. I think that'd be big for basketball. Like I said before, I mean, we saw what uh, Golden State in the finals five straight times. We saw LeBron in the finals five straight times. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it being just a little bit tougher. You know, for those guys to you know to to get to the finals. You know, I still think that both guys will will be very capable both teams will be very capable of getting there you know but I would like to see it be just a little bit more challenged it's pretty well known how often guys in the NBA kind of team up together sign together that cap flexibility makes it a little easier but when you're going through free agency and you were one of the top free agency year you were hitting the market how much texting do you really get like are people reaching out to you non-stop still um I would say maybe I would say maybe a little bit you know for me uh per se I think as a as a player, it's a it's a little bit of both. You know, I know a couple guys who played for uh, 
who played for the Bears, you know. So, so for me, you know, I did get a chance to talk to some of those guys, you know, beforehand. Um, again, um, I went to high school with, uh, with uh, Deion Sims. I played uh, college ball with Adrian Amos, you know. So I did get a chance to, to, to talk to some guys. And I played with Prince in Jacksonville, you know. So I did get a chance to talk to some guys, you know, uh, uh, beforehand. When you look at the NBA, do you feel like they have better rivalries than you guys do in the NFL? Like the player-to-player, I mean, you know, I, I can think of a few, like, player feuds in the NFL. But when it comes to the NBA, like, it seems like there's real beef between some of those guys. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say I think I think it's a few things that, that is kind of the corporate of that. You know, I think one being that just um, a lot of the guys who are uh, premier players play for a very long time in, in the uh, NBA, you know. So you have guys coming to the NBA at 19 years old. You know, and they're playing, uh, and they're playing a, a long time. You know, so um, I think I think as far as you know, personal uh, personal kind of vendettas are able to to kind of pick up a little bit more in the NBA rather than the NFL. You know, because it's so much turnover, so much transition player wise in the uh, NFL. Does it ever piss you off when you're looking at NBA free agency and you see the the deals that these dudes sign? And like, you'll get a pretty shitty basketball player signed for like three years, forty five million, and you got to go work your ass off and be a Pro Bowler, lead the league in catches to get that same money. And it's not guaranteed, and it's not guaranteed. Most definitely, you know, it is it is it is frustrating, you know. But for me as a player, you know, just kind of understanding uh, the nature of the game and and like the nature of the business, you know, you understand that. It is what it is. You know, we have a new CBA coming up. So as, so as a player, you know, some things may be able to, to be altered. But for the most part, again, this is this is what we signed up for, you know. But it definitely is frustrating seeing it um, and just seeing the rise um, in in that, you know, uh, so much. You know, I remember about three to four years ago, uh, people were in awe at the contract that Chris Middleton signed, you know, making, I think, at about $13, $14 million a year. Now you look at the contract he signed. It's probably easily over thirty million dollars a year, you know. So just to see that transition over uh, a few years span is pretty is, is pretty substantial for those guys. Yeah, that was something I definitely wanted to ask you about. You see the guaranteed money, whether it's in basketball, uh, baseball, even hockey, and then in the NFL, it's it's almost like fake money comes out when deals get announced. How important do you think that guaranteed money will be in the next CBA talks? Um, I think it will be very, uh, very big. I think that something that is um, something that isn't talked about and that it will be tough is that when you look at the NBA and when you look at baseball, um, the guarantee side of it is something that is really, uh, really held and and by the uh, agents. You know, I think that's a big thing about it. You know, when you look at Kirk Cousins. He got a fully guaranteed contract, you know. So, I mean, it definitely is possible. Um, again, I think it's I think it's very much based on the agents and and um, kind of how they. Uh, I think that they have the biggest uh, the biggest kind of part in it, rather than the CBA, you know. Because again, I think I think it'll be extremely tough for a CBA to uh, for a CBA to uh, get fully guaranteed contracts. I think that would be very tough. Do you think, I mean, there have been talks about, like, you know, the guaranteed money. I know a lot of people thought Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck would be the guys who would really, like, push for that guaranteed money. Do you think it'll be something more like allowing medical marijuana use or, or even recreational marijuana use? Have you guys had any conversations about, like, what the, the sticking points might be in the CBA? It's very, very much up in the air as of now. Um, it's tough to say, though. Uh, it, it, it is very, very, very tough to say. 
I think it's like you said, everything everything that you just mentioned right now is one of those things that's uh, up in the air when it when it comes to that, you know. So um, I'm very curious to see how that how it kind of shakes out. It's a little bit of time for guys um, and for like the CBA and for the collective bargaining, I mean for the uh, NFLPA to kind of you know decide on what will be the main factors in that. And Matt touched up on the medical marijuana stuff. How much of a pain in the ass is it to go to like a GNC or whatever and try to get a supplement and have to run it through all those you know the screening process to see if it is okay to put in your body? Um, personally speaking, um, it's not too, I mean, I'm not, I don't really take, uh, you know, I'm not a big GNC guy, you know, anyway, uh, for me, um, I do a lot of the stuff that, um, that is like at the facility. So for me, it's not too tough, you know, but, but for some guys who are, who are into that, you know, um, it is, I would say it's probably pretty tough, you know, even, even then if you go to like the website that you're given to kind of check out the, uh, the products, it's still a chance that that product may not be on the list as far as even, um, you know, uh, have been tested, you know, because there's so many new things coming up, coming to the market each and every year. So, um, but I imagine it's probably pretty tough. All right. Since we're on the topic of NBA free agency, if you had to take, if you're building a three on three team from your Bears teammates, who are the two guys you would pick to play with? Two guys I would pick to play with. Hmm, that's a good question. I probably would go with, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a big guy. So I'd yep. probably say Khalil. Okay. There yeah. You go. Yeah. To hold it down low, and then I'll probably say, um, as my point guard, I'll probably go with Tariq. Oh, you got some speed out there. By the way, what was your reaction uh, when you found out you got traded for Cleo Mack? We've asked some Bears guys that before. I think we asked Mitch that, but it's like I know when I saw it come across my phone, I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" But what so was your for reaction? Me, it's funny because it was right. Um, it was right. You know, during the uh, like right at that week. That's after preseason. So for me, I remember, I remember like it was just, I was, I was, I was sitting in the bed. I had just woken up and, um, one of my buddies had texted me and I forget what he texted me, but it didn't have Khalil name. And I, I had, um, I remember seeing some rumors and stuff of us possibly getting Khalil Mack. So that's the only thing that I, I'm like, wow, we must've, we must've got Khalil. So once I go, I, I, um, immediately went to Twitter and saw we got Khalil Mack. And then from that, from that point forward, I, I knew that that was, I mean, that was a, that was a heck of a pickup, you know. Whenever you get a guy like that in your locker room, you know, no matter, no matter where your team is at, um, situationally, you know, it's going to be a very great impact to your team. So, as a person who came in as a as a as a free agent, you know, came in with some new players, you know, to to see another new player come in um, of that significance, you know, was 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 very big for us. It still blows my mind that you guys get all your information on Twitter. Like the, the team doesn't isn't able to notify you guys first. And like, hey, we'll just give you the heads up. This is gonna happen. We got Khalil Mack. You still have to have all your news come through on Twitter. Just yeah, like we do. I mean, you'll be you'll be you'll be surprised. You know, I remember I think it was my third my third year in Jacksonville. We had a we had a coaching t- we had a coaching change towards the end of the season. And I remember getting that news. My sister actually texted me first. Um, <laughs> we were, crazy. we were, we were, um, we, we were on the bus. Uh, we actually hadn't even left, um, I think it's NRG Stadium, um, in, uh, in uh, Houston. We hadn't left the stadium yet. We were, I was literally sitting on the bus and my sister texted me and told me that they, that it was a, uh, that it was a coaching change and that, and that, and that they had fired coach, coach Bradley, you know? So, and again, I found that out, uh, via, via my sister first. That is abs. That's crazy. All right, so one full season already in the books in Chicago. What's been your favorite thing about transitioning over there from Jacksonville? Me personally, um, the besides the culture, you know, I think I think I think Coach Nagy brought a heck of a culture uh, 
to Chicago. Um, just as far as um, the enthusiasm that he has as a coach, and that he kind of uh, that he kind of breeds off to the to the players. You know, I think I think for us, you know, he always keeps us uh, energized and very and very and very motivated. You know, uh, um, I think that's first things first, and then secondly, you know, um, it's it's a very fun scheme to play in. I think I think for me personally, you know, when I was when I was looking at entry agency, you know, one of the big things that Chicago had, you know, was was Coach Nagy, you know, and and with the history and the coaching tree that he was coming from, you know, I knew the kind of scheme that that he would bring to the table, you know, and that's what's most fun about, it. you know, every time we step foot on the field, every time, you know, each each drive goes, you know, as a as a offensive player, I feel a great amount of confidence going into that drive or, or going into whatever that may be, you know, well well prepared, you know, um, and and our game plans and everything. You know, like I said before, normally when I line up, you know, it's exactly what we think it's going to be. You know, we have a beater for it. And I think that's what makes it a lot of fun. You know, um, he made the game fun, you know, for me, uh, extremely fun for me again. Man, we are looking forward to this year because you guys are absolutely loaded. You're back healthy, which I imagine makes a big difference because you, you basically missed all of 2017. Have, having last year to kind of shake the rust off, do you feel good, ready to go for this upcoming year? Most definitely. You know, again, um, I think that was a big thing. You know, again, I think I think last year total, um, I, I ended up playing, I think, 13 games or so. Um, you know, but definitely, you know, I started to feel better, you know, as a – as the season progressed, you know, and I tell, I tell everybody it's funny, you know, this time, this time last year, you know, I, I had just started running routes again for about a month. You know, I remember getting in a training camp, you know, um, and, and it's, it's different, you know, when you come off an injury like that, you know, you haven't, you haven't lined up with somebody for about eight to 10 months. You know, it is, it is very different, you know, um, but being able to get back in the groove of things, you know, throughout the course of the season and then, and then, um, and then having a, a big off season for myself, you know, I feel great. You know, this is the best that I felt in a while, you know? So again, I'm just trying to continue to, to ascend upon this year. And I do have to ask you about this before we let you go. And we appreciate your time, man. But when during your time with Jacksonville, there was maybe some rumors out there that the receivers weren't too happy with Blake Bortles. Is there any truth to any of that? You don't have to answer it. We can cut it if you want. But there's a lot of videos of maybe like an overthrow from Blake Bortles that maybe you weren't too happy about. What was the difference like from going to Bortles to a guy like Trubisky? You know, I will say this: both of those guys, both of those guys are good. You know, um, I think I think the big difference, like I said before, you know, um, I think for me personally, uh, the difference plan wise is I think the scheme makes a heck of a difference. You know, again, um, just kind of how we run things, you know, offensively. In Chicago, you know, um, for me, as since I've been in the in the in the NFL, is one of uh, is one of the best. You know, even you know from from how we're coached, you know, to the details, to everything. You know, we're all on all on one accord, all on the same page. You know, and it's and it's and it's like a well oiled machine. You know, so um, I think that that's something you know for sure that wasn't you know that we were like it. You know, as a as a team in general. Um, 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 before when I was in Jacksonville, you know, but but you know, currently, like I said before, you know, from from meetings to on the field to to whatever it is, as a as an offense, we see everything through the same set of eyes, and I think that that's been very very beneficial for us, and I think we'll we'll continue to be uh to be a factor for us going forward. Well, we're excited to watch you guys this year, Alan, and and really thank you so much for all the time. No problem, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it, dude. All right. Thanks again to Alan Robinson. Amazing. I I literally tweeted Sunday night like, hey, we could use a guest who wants to talk NBA. 
And so he was like, yeah, I'll come on. And then we talked to as much NFL as we did NBA. So always appreciate guys like that. Uh, he and I followed each other for a long time. He's a hell of a receiver. Excited to see what he does this year. It's time for Draft on Draft, though. Pat Chamberlain, you know he sends in a question every damn week. Here's this week's. Pick two NFL teams, one each from the AFC and NFC, who didn't make the playoffs last year, who you think can make the playoffs this year. I want to add a little asterisk to this. No one picked the Browns. Because that's easy. Okay. <laughs> like, that's the easy one. You know, like, oh, well, it's, oh, 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 there you go. Hot take. Okay. I've said it for like two months. They'll probably, the Browns will make the playoffs, but just saying. Anyways. So I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals then. You said no. I'm just oh. fucking with you. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I wish you could have seen my face in, when he said that. No, there's no way in hell they do. But I, I, Pittsburgh didn't make the playoffs last year. So if you want to stay in that division, I actually Ooh, think they're going to be pretty damn good. That's a good one. Again, I mean, they still have James Conner, who I'm very much rooting for. They still have Juju. I like what they did uh, with their draft this year. So I, I think that they could be back in the playoff hunt, at least on the AFC side. That's a good one. Oof. So Melo's taking it's, the Steelers. It's tough. Can't pick the Browns. I do think they get a wild card. Steelers are a really good pick. NFC, I'm going to go with the Packers. I am going to stick to this. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge year, so I'm going Steelers, Packers. They're just tradition. Okay, I'm going to write these down. NFC, I'll go Atlanta. I think Atlanta got completely ripped apart early on by injuries. I, I think having Freeman back... I think Julio will be happy. The offense will be clicking. The defense will be healthy. I mean, come on. They were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think Atlanta is the one where I sit there. I don't think the Bucks will be good. I think Carolina will be whatever. The Saints will be great, but Atlanta should get a wild card spot. I don't want to sound like a homer, <laughs> but if I can't pick the Steelers or Browns, I might say the Jets. I mean, Ooh. can't pick the Chargers, Chiefs, Texans, Colts, Ravens, or Patriots. That's a lot of bad teams outside of that. Yeah, the AFC. The Raider, the like the Raiders are in such a tough division. I like the Raiders. I like the Broncos, but the division's gonna fuck them over. I don't like the Titans. I don't like Jacksonville. I don't like the Bengals. I I'm just saying, they spent a lot of money. The Jets have playoff expectations, so they're not winning the division, but they have expectations. No. So I was gonna go with Oakland, and and that's been no secret. I've said for a couple months now. I think Oakland makes the playoffs, and I, I think the Browns do too. I think both those teams should make the playoffs. If they don't, it's a disappointment. My NFC team, since apparently we're all being homers here, I think it's the Forty ers Like if they don't, people should be fired. They've spent all that fucking be money. They yep. trade for D Ford. If they don't make the playoffs. Heads should roll. Like that that is not okay. If they're picking in the top five or six again, it's time to admit that it's not working. And I love Kyle Shanahan, and I think John Lynch uh, is a great guy who's had some good picks and some good moves, but good lord, if they lose again, see ya. I could see them moving on from Lynch and keeping Well, yeah, that's the Shanahan. Yeah, you don't, like, they, they're you not done Shanahan. with him just yet. But I do think maybe a front office shakeup could be coming. And back to like the Jets with Connor. I think if Sam Darnold can take that step forward that we've seen with a lot of second-year quarterbacks, then the Jets could be a dark horse contender. I mean, you have to beat the Bills. You have to beat the uh, Dolphins. That could be four wins right there. I mean... Maybe you sneak out one against the Patriots, but I mean, I like their chances. Maybe as a wild card team. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's, yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, Minnesota, they gotta win. Yeah. You gotta win. And I think Denver's in that situation too. Like I know whole new no coaching chance. staff, <laughs> but Denver. I mean, there there were times last year early when Denver looked really good. They have good. a great defense. 
Yeah. If they can just get it going on offense, they have a great defense. You don't trust Joe Flacco? Uh, you know, I probably do Ooh. more than most people. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think he has enough left in the tank that he can get the job done with guys like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. You only have to score like 15 points a game right. to win. Yeah. All right. Andrew Magnuson, a great question here. If you could build a 40 yards of gold, which was this 40-yard dash challenge, using players throughout history, who would you all pick? And I uh, want to go first, please. It's Daryl Green, and that's the only answer. I know he said, like, Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Daryl Green was the fastest guy in the NFL in the 80s and 90s. I want Daryl Green. And I'm going to pick Dion. Yeah, I want to see I want to see the real 40 because there's so much talk around it. So if I get that's prime in his prime, that's what I want to see. I want to see if he really did run like the 4-2 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Marquise Goodwin, obviously, was was the favorite by a mile in that one. I, what about Dre, uh, Dre Archer? Remember him? Dre Archer, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. I mean, he ran sub 4-3. Obviously, CJ2K. I'll tell you, I would like to see John Ross do it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any I, way he could ever run that fast again. I agree with CJ2K that it was rigged to be broken. Oh, that they You know he it. believes that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's not. He didn't run faster than me. CJ2K ran a 4-2-4. John Ross ran a 4-2-2. Yeah, and I think I've even heard him talk, like, where they do the side-by-side or whatever, or where they overlap yep. the videos. And it's like, like how the hell did I run faster and beat him in the overlap, but he has a faster time? It does make you wonder. I, I'm just so anti Dion. I want to call bullshit on him running a 4-2-5. I don't or think we'll ever well, we'll we'll never know. No, we'll never know. He also told you, Matt, in your interview with him that he never had a sip of alcohol in his life. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, I'm just saying. Asked him who he'd take on. on a deserted island, and he said his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's like, that's <laughs> cheating, Dion. It's cheating, man. Plug so your, then you're taking no one, so good luck. <laughs> plug your Botox. All right, Andrew Highsmith, if you could have any quarterback, running back, receiver trio for the next decade, who's your choice? I didn't know if he meant, like, build your own or ones that actually exist. If I, I think it's, um like, the current in the NFL. Yeah, that's what I I think, too. I don't like any. I don't know. God, uh, I would probably take the Browns. If I'm forming a team and you make yeah, me be yeah, the GM, that's the answer. like Baker Mayfield, Bradley Chubb, and Odell Beckham, if I can have them for 10 years, you've got to find success in Cleveland because the talent that you have with those three guys is, I mean, really, I don't even know who compares Zach, to it. Zeke, Amari Cooper? Yeah, and I oh, mean. That's a good one. It is a good one, but they've really only love- been together for a year yeah. or so. We haven't even really seen what they could do. Like, Amari Cooper might suck again, I hope like he not. did in Oakland. Yeah. You know who's a dark horse? Uh, the Eagles. I was just Wentz. thinking the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Wentz, Miles Sanders. And then I guess it's a flip a flip of the coin, because you can go Alshon Jeffrey, but like we're talking 10 years. Or you can go our Sega Whiteside, if you believe in him. I mean, Big Ben, Big Ben will be gone in ten years. So that doesn't count. Yeah, it's yep. tough because you can't use you can't use old quarterbacks. And you know, you like the Rams. No way am I betting on Todd Gurley for ten years. No, I don't even I think don't. they're betting on him this Maybe year. Maybe Darrell Henderson. Yeah, there's no way. They're ex- man. They're excited about Darrell Henderson over there. Yeah, and he's getting he's getting a lot of fantasy buzz now. I'm I'm fascinated to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Now that that's a good question. That's uh. That's a tough one because I don't feel like there are great trios right now. I mean, the Browns are definitely like that. That's the the number one answer. I think the Raiders are actually a dark horse there because I think Carr is going to have a bounce back year this year. I think so too. I think Josh Jacobs can be a top end talent at running back and Antonio Brown. I mean, 
is up there as one of the best receivers in the league, even though he kind of went crazy this offseason. He's always produced on the field. Ten years is too long. I just want to say that. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. Five years. years. Yeah. Uh, Tom if Brady. the Texans had a running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they had a running back, they'd be perfect. But. Christian Campbell, one of my favorite guys on Twitter, who could be a franchise-changing player in the next two drafts? Non-quarterback on offense and one on defense. I am going to be a homer and say I think A.J. Epinesa, defenseman from Iowa, could be a franchise-changing guy. Just because when you say franchise-changing, like I mean, it's hard to pick a safety to be franchise-changing in, in this day and age. Even like a Derwin or a Jamal or Earl Thomas. Like, those Delpit. guys are great. Grant Delpit would be Grant the answer Delpit. there. But I think Epinesa is fantastic. On offense, I'm going to say Jerry Judy if you won't let me take a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think that's the obvious answer because we talk about Jerry Judy, and maybe it is a little recency bias, but he's one of the best receivers we've seen in a long time, so he's going to be up there at the top of the list. You can't take a quarterback, so I can't even talk about Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, man, it's in the next two drafts. Oh, so he said the next two drafts. So Justin Ross is in that conversation. Yeah. Obviously, ETN. Jonathan Taylor, man, I do. Think, yeah, it's that's. I think those running backs could be franchise changing. I I think the running back position, you can draft those guys high, but sometimes you look at a guy like Zeke or even Saquon. I think they could be franchise changing. Some of the times that you just don't surround them with good enough pieces for them to be successful. I thought Leonard Fournette was going to be a franchise changing running back. It's tough to say it at running back, but I mean, if you hit on a running back, they can completely change your offense and your franchise. Yeah, that that's true. Um, and there's so many good receivers. The bad thing is, I think a lot of like left tackles would be, but there's not there's not that left tackle prospect where you're like, ooh. Yeah, even Andrew Thomas out of Georgia this year. Like, I still kind of question him. Walker Cole Van Lannon, he didn't even start at Wisconsin. I know that he's a very good prospect, but yeah. we'll see what he can do getting on the field this year. At Sports Simb. Last question for tonight. Who do you think is more likely to be a first-round quarterback, Ellinger or Hurts? If you ask me this question on Friday morning, I would have said Jalen Hurts. Just because I think that Lincoln Riley can turn him into a first-round quarterback, or at least a second. Uh, After this weekend and seeing Ellinger and hearing the way that he performed at the Elite 11 camp... It sounds like I've been way too low on him, which sounds crazy because if you listen to this podcast, you know we're Texas fans. I would have had him as a third-round quarterback. And, Matt, we've talked about it when we weren't recording before. Like, I just – I don't trust the arm, even though, like, the numbers will tell you he's been very consistent. He doesn't throw interceptions. And, obviously, that 31, 41 touchdowns that he had last year. But after hearing uh, guys like Bucky Brooks come and say, a lot of people are sleeping on Sam Ellinger – I think I'm guilty of it, too. I will say that, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but I talked to Sam uh, a couple months ago, you know, just after the season, just seeing how he was doing, and, and I was, you know, I'm really impressed with your development, and, you know, you're a great leader, you're a great example for what the University of Texas wants at, at the quarterback position, and and he was like, just wait, because I haven't been healthy. Just wait till I can throw. His shoulder was, kinda, was fucked last His shoulder year. was fucked, and I kind of did the, oh, okay, Sam, you know, right, that's sure, all right. No, I think he was honest. And the guys there at Texas, we have a lot of friends on that coaching staff. They will hit us up all the time and be like, you would not believe how good he looks. And he's like, oh, okay, sure. No, I think maybe there's something to it. I saw some clips that uh, got sent to me today of him throwing at the Manning Academy. I couldn't believe it was him. Because last year he shot-putted the ball so much because his shoulder was hurt. 
He looked really good. I know it's like a camp and it's just short, you know, throwing a jorts like you guys say, but he did look really impressive. So I, I'm going to take Ellinger too. I also think, and I'm not trying to be a homer here, I think his character is off the charts good. I do too. I actually think that he carries the same chip on his shoulder that Baker Mayfield does. He's just handling himself better in the media. I'm excited for him. I mean, I, I started rooting for him right away when everyone started shitting on him. And, and obviously I've watched enough of him recently you guys being texas fans but the thing is with ellinger that i find interesting with the arm is that i mean he's 20 years old and he's a big dude he's like Mm -hmm. 6'3 almost 240 he's gonna grow into that man strength and really you know grow the arm strength so i look at ellinger and i mean i think he's far from a finished product you like the size you like how tough he is and he's only gonna get better so watching these two play against each other this year is gonna be absolutely awesome and i would take him i think there's just more upside uh with ellinger than there is with hertz and i will say i don't want to discount lincoln riley in any way shape or form (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you can't sleep on him you really can't not after what we've seen the last two years because even when you look at baker and kyler murray they weren't that great before they won the heisman now they had to transfer from other schools because they couldn't win the job I mean, and Kyler Murray, I mean, you couldn't beat out Kyle Allen and you transferred. And then Lincoln Riley turns you into the first pick, even though you're five foot eight. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Maybe Kelly Bryant should have gone there. Probably should have. Probably should have. Right, that is our show. We'll be back Wednesday morning, TBD on what we're talking about, but I guarantee a good time. Make sure you have subscribed to get new shows every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Football. For Melo O'Connor, Smat, we'll talk to you all real soon.